Hey everyone, my name is Danny Kimlot and I'm one of the pastors here at Restored Church South Bay, uh, which is the south part of San Diego. Uh, to all our Restored family members in Los Angeles and Temecula, just want to say Merry Christmas. And to everyone here joining us right here in San Diego, Feliz Navidad or Maligayong Pasco, which is Merry Christmas in Spanish and Tagalog. And to all of our brothers and sisters joining us from South Africa, have grace for me. I'm going to try this. Gasiende Caspias, which I believe is Merry Christmas in Afrikaans. And then Ukisi Musi Omole, which is Merry Christmas in Zulu. At least I hope it is, because I asked Grant, how do you say Merry Christmas in Afrikaans or in Zulu? And that's what he told me. So I could have said something completely offensive. I really hope I did it. Um, but if I did, blame your pastor, Grant. Grant is the pastor over at Durban, South Africa. Um, just a quick note, Grant, Michelle, we miss you guys. Merry Christmas. And we hope to one day meet uh, your cute baby August. Um, no matter where you might be joining us tonight, on behalf of the entire Restored Family of Churches, we just want to thank you for choosing to join us for Christmas Eve tonight. I mean, if you were to take a moment and Google the top 10 most celebrated holidays across the entire globe based on participants and populations, you'll find a list that includes a bunch of cultural holidays. You see Easter for Christians, and you even see holidays like Valentine's Day and uh, Halloween make the list. But no matter what list you see, normally the number one most celebrated holiday throughout the entire world really is Christmas. I mean, there are over a hundred languages that actually have a translation for Merry Christmas. And there are at least 160 out of the 197 currently re recognized countries in the entire world that officially celebrate Christmas. And so it just makes sense that Jesus's birth would have such a significant impact in the world. I mean, Jesus's birth literally changed how we record history, BC and AD. BC means before Christ and AD, which is Anno Domini, a Latin term that means in the year of the Lord. And it refers specifically to the birth of Jesus Christ. His birth literally changed everything. So of course, there would be something especially different about the holiday of Christmas, making it widely celebrated throughout the entire, entire world. I mean, my family and I, we love everything about Christmas. We always look forward to busting out all the decorations, gift wrapping, gift giving, gift receiving, putting up the lights. Um, actually, confession, at our house, our lights are up all year long. And I used to think that was like a Filipino thing. And then I married a Mexican and she was like, no, I think that's just laziness. <laughs> and I think she's right. But nobody complains when December hits because the lights are already up and so it's all good. Uh, Christmas season really does feel, for us anyway, a special and happy time. But if we're going to be honest, this time also has the potential to feel really hard and difficult. Even before COVID-19 and all its related fears, all its complications, all its restrictions, for so many people, this time of year can bring a lot of heavy emotions. It could bring a lot of unwarranted conflicts. It could bring on a lot of physical, emotional, relational, and even financial stress. If any of those problems hit home for you or someone you love, then guess what? You're in good company. Jesus and his parents knew all about that. I mean, imagine Mary, a soon-to-be teen mom, as her belly is growing. How many days and nights did she feel scared and alone? I mean, how many times did she glance over at Joseph and think, I mean, yeah, he's a good guy, but 
He doesn't even know what he's doing either. I mean, look at this. Like I'm at the night that they, they came into town and they needed a place to stay, jo all Joseph could get, the best that he could find was a cave meant for animals. I mean, poor Joseph. When you read through the Christmas story in the book of Matthew, you find that Joseph is trying his best to prevent baby Jesus from being one of the countless children that are being killed by King Herod. Angels were constantly guiding him through visions and dreams. It definitely felt stressful. Things were far from being perfect when Jesus was born. There were plenty of real problems going on. But amidst all of the problems, there was also a promise. In fact, amidst every problem that God's people have endured throughout all of history, there has always been a promise. I mean, for centuries, whether it was oppression or war or slavery or destruction or even death and exile, no matter how dark and dire those problems were, generations and generations of God's people clung to a promise. That promise was of a Messiah, a savior, a true king who would come and rule forever, saving them from ever being ruled by anyone else ever again. But hundreds of years went by and God seemed silent. There was no prophets. There was no angelic beings sending a message or a dream, nothing. Until one seemingly random and silent night, an angel appears to some shepherds in the field, telling them, the promise of the Messiah has finally been fulfilled. Check it out. It says this in Luke 2, verses 8 through 14. It says this, That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of Lord, the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will be great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. And suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth in those with whom God is pleased. I mean, can you imagine that, guys? Armies of heaven, all shouting and praising God, glory to God in the highest in heaven, and it says, peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. I mean, if you were there, what would you have done? I mean, I definitely, if I was there, I would have been totally like doing a double take, and did I just see, did you see what I saw? And well, I mean, what have you done? I mean, well, we know what the shepherds did. Because in the very next verses, the very first thing the shepherds do is that they, as soon as those angels left, they went straight to Bethlehem to check out the fulfillment of the promise they have been waiting for. Would he, the Messiah, be everything that we expected? Which begs the question, what did they expect? I mean, one of the most famous prophets in the entire Bible, the prophet Isaiah, once described what to expect, saying this in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And then 700 years later, from the time this was written, that child that was to be born 
that son that was to be given finally arrives and he has given a name. His name is Jesus. So this Christmas, as we gather once again to peer into the manger, I pray that you see more than just a six pounds, seven ounce, cute little baby Jesus, but that we'd see a king that is called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. I mean, these four names truly reinforce why Jesus' birth is such a gift celebrating around the world. I mean, let's look at each name. Number one, he shall be called Wonderful Counselor. Guys, I love everything about counseling. I mean, before I even knew that God was going to call me into full-time ministry, I actually got my bachelor's degree in psychology. And if it wasn't so expensive, I would go back in a heartbeat to get my master's for in marriage and family therapy and hopefully serve the Restored Family Churches. But for now, me and Andy Rogers, which is the pastor over at Restored Church Uptown, and Herrick Berga, which is one of the pastors at Restore Temecula, we're all in this counseling cohort uh, for Redeemer Counseling Services, which is based in New York. And we're learning a ton about how to incorporate psychology and biblical counseling and the gospel in really pragmatic ways. And then furthermore, I'm actually in counseling right now myself. And as comfortable as that process might feel at times, I really do love it. And over the years, uh, one of the most impactful things that I've learned as I spend a lot of time uh, serving others in counseling, um, one of the things that sticks out is the teachings of Carl Rogers. Carl Rogers was a famous psychologist, and he, he would be probably considered one of the founding fathers in uh, the person-centered approach in psychology, where the goal is really to authentically care for your clients. And he believed in order to do that, a good counselor needs to ask themselves three crucial questions. The first one being this, can I have a real relationship with this person? Can I be authentic and genuine? Number two, can I regard this person positively without condition? In other words, can I champion this person? Can I prize him or her? And then number three, can I empathize with this person? Will I be able to see and understand the world through his or her eyes in order to help navigate them through their world? I mean, there are a lot of good counselors out there where we can really see these three things done well. In fact, I think we got some really great counselors in our various churches. And yet the truth is, not one of them is perfect at doing all of those things. I know I'm not. But you know what? Jesus is. Jesus really is a wonderful counselor. It says this in Hebrews chapter 4, verses 15 through 16. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. We have a wonderful counselor in Jesus who genuinely understands our weaknesses who truly empathizes with us in them, and who prizes us despite them. Which brings us to number two. He shall be named Mighty God. I mean, everyone here at Restored Church uh, South Bay pretty much knows I'm kind of a big comic book nerd. And so every time I hear the word mighty, if I'm going to be honest, I can't help but think of another god, a fictional one, really. The Mighty Thor. And if you don't know, that's the title of his comic book. And Thor is one of the Avengers, if you've seen any of those movies. 
Um, he also happens to be the god of thunder and lightning, according to Norse, myth Norse mythology. What do you think about when you hear the word mighty? In Hebrew, the word for mighty is the same word for strength. And there are plenty of stories throughout the Bible where God displays his strength. I mean, you have stories where the earth is opening up from the bottom, swallowing up his enemies. We read stories of giant floods and the parting of the Red Sea, or Samson, who literally had superhuman strength. And yet, the way that Jesus lived his name as mighty God was described this way in Philippians chapter 2, saying this in verse 6, Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges, he took the humble position of a slave, and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience in God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Jesus could have displayed his power and his might by coming down on clouds and using thunder and lightning like Thor does in those movies, but Jesus didn't do that. I mean, yes, he could have done things throughout the Old Testament like plagues and fire falling from heaven, but he doesn't. Instead, he healed people. He fed people. He freed people from demonic oppression. He even raised a few from the dead. But ultimately, the way that Jesus chose to display the strength and power of our mighty God was by being born as a baby and being killed on a cross. It says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power or the strength and the might of God. To people who don't believe in him, the cross will never make sense. But to those who do believe in him, it is the power of a mighty God. Bringing us to number three. He shall be named Everlasting Father. I know several people who have adopted children, and every time I hear their stories, I'm amazed at the process. But there's one story I heard recently from a woman who adopted a child overseas. And her story recently just blew me away um, because somebody asked her, hey, what have you learned about God through the process of adopting your child? And essentially, she said this, I realized how limited and broken of a human being I really am because I had to come to terms of what disabilities and illnesses and circumstances I was willing to experience. She was saying that so many kids that were up for adoption in this country um, that she was looking at had disabilities and special needs or unique circumstances. Some had incurable diseases or even terminal illnesses. Some were missing organs, some were blind, some were deaf, some were unable to walk or even speak. And as she went through this endless list of situations and wrestled with who was she willing to adopt, it absolutely broke her heart that once she made her choice, there would potentially be all these other kids that are left in an orphanage that would not find a home and potentially never know the love and the safety of a parent. And so as she dwelled on how limited she was as a mother, she began to thank God for how unlimited he was as a father, essentially saying, I'm just amazed that despite our endless list of spiritual disabilities, spiritual challenges, and special, spiritual, spiritual special needs, God the Father wants all of us. 
God doesn't have to choose the one that he can handle, but he says he can handle all of us and he wants to adopt everyone he can. And he wants everyone to know the love and the safety and the rest that only he offers through his son, Jesus. Because Jesus is also called everlasting father because he says himself, Jesus says, I and the father are one in John 10 verse 30. Actually, later in the book of John, one of his disciples, Philip, questioned him saying, Lord, just show us the Father and that'll be enough. And Jesus says to him in John chapter 14, have I been among you all this time and you do not know me, Philip? The one who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak to you, I do not speak on my own. The Father who lives in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. They aren't the same person in the terms of the Trinity. They're definitely distinct, but they have the same heart and, the na- and nature. It says this in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, The Son, Jesus, is the radiance of God's glory and the exact expression of His nature, sustaining all things by His powerful Word. The Son sustains all things, By his word, which brings us to number four. He shall be called Prince of Peace. I mean, 2020 has been quite an interesting year, to say the least. It's been a year of political tensions and racial divide and health related fears and toilet paper shortages. I mean, I've seen some fun behaviors recently over the past few months that include but are not limited to slander in the church, avoidance in the church passive aggression in the church, and my favorite, the infamous, let's just leave out the back door while no one is looking church departure strategy. It's super sad. In my church family alone, we've had major hospitalizations, have addictions and anxieties on the rise. People have left to irreconcilable differences. We've even had a few deaths, some expected and some not. 2020 has felt stormy, and scary. But look what Jesus, the Prince of Peace, does in the midst of scary storms. Mark chapter 4 verse 37 through 40 says this, And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? I mean, Jesus calms the scariest of storms simply by his powerful word by yelling, peace, be still. Then essentially, he looks at us and says, don't be afraid. Have faith in me, the Prince of Peace. And once we place that faith in Jesus, Not only does he bring peace to our biggest storms, but he also brings peace to our biggest sins. The biggest storm we have in this life is the one between us and God the Father because of our biggest and our smallest sins. So Jesus calms that storm too because we were powerless to do so on our own, even if it meant him sacrificing his own life. He does that through the cross. Look what he says, it says in Colossians chapter 1. For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ, and through him God reconciled everything to himself. 
He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. And that's why, in addition to being called those four names, Jesus also is to be named Jesus Emmanuel. This is how it came about. In Matthew chapter 1, it says this, And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will give him Emmanuel, call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And that is precisely why we celebrate his birth around the world. Because the baby lying in the manger is Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins, and they will call him Emmanuel because God is with us. So now, regardless of how scary the storms of life might get, and despite the many problems we might face, amidst those problems, we will always have God's promises. And His promises have a name. Jesus, Emmanuel, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Let's pray. Father God, I just want to thank you so much for giving us the greatest gift we could ever receive in the form of your Son. Thank you for all the things that he brings with us. He brings us wise counsel, the power and might of your nature, the everlasting presence of a father, and he brings us peace between us and yourself, God. Lord, I, as I pray as we celebrate all around the world, God, would you unify us through your spirit? Would we sing to you and experience the joy that is given to your people? through your son. And God, I just pray that you would minister to those that maybe we don't know are joining us. God, I pray that you would bring hope, that you would increase our faith. God, and would you ultimately show us what it means to love others as we look at the cross as a sign of how you've loved us. Lord, thank you for what you have given us despite how hard this has been this past year in 2020. And God, we just want to pray for more faith as we enter this new year together. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So if you're not plugged in into one of our churches yet, or if you'd like to be, uh, maybe you want to receive a Bible. We would love to get you guys a copy of the Bible uh, in your hands. Um, all you have to do is go to restoredtogether.org and click on the church that is closest to you for more information, and we'll get you plugged in that way. So with that said, Merry Christmas and God bless. Let's worship our King.